I've got some great news for Football Nation Radio listeners. Our supportive partner, Northern Motor Group, is offering $250 off any in-stock vehicle this end of financial year. That's if you take delivery before the 30th of June. With eight big car brands, MG, Nissan, Kia, Isuzu Ute, Jeep, Ram, Samsung... Peugeot and Pacific Caravans, it's literally a one-stop shop for all your driving needs. Plus, with over 150 quality pre-owned vehicles, Northern Motor Group really does have your next vehicle purchase ready and waiting. Don't wait. Visit www.northernmotorgroup.com.au today. They're in Grimshaw Street, Bandura. And tell them George sent you. LMCT 6595. Pickett, she lays it off, Teresa Polaris! It's an absolute peach! Yes, driving! What a hit from Melina Rez! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick! Hello and welcome back to another edition of Radio Dub here at the FNR Studios down in Docklands. Oscar, busy week of MPL football action, getting closer and closer to the Women's World Cup. Mm. My nerves are rising, getting the full, we're going to soon get the official squad for the Matildas coming out. Yes. And then we can all feel the feelings that we have about the squad, positive, negative, excited, you know, nervous. And everything in between. And everything in between. We don't discriminate with our feelings, feel all the feelings. But um, to, you know, bide our time till the Women's World Cup, we've got some MPL action, which is... Fantastic. I enjoyed it. I called the Box Hill Heidelberg game on the weekend. You yes. did uh, Alamein Borondart, which is a thrilling game. It was. Do we want to start with that or do we want to start with uh, the most recent game on Monday, well, South Melbourne Bulleen? I feel like we've got to go with the showpiece of the weekend. Oh, so and, with it. and on paper, at least, the showpiece was definitely Bulleen against South Melbourne at the Venn on Monday night. Full time score 1 1, which. Uh, Keeps us precariously yes. hanging in the balance. And I think it's probably a fair result based on the season and how these two teams play. I think Bulleen are the more complete side, but South Melbourne probably play the more, more entertaining brand of football. So it kind of balances it out, you know, with mm. the discrepancies in there. I thought I thought South Melbourne, they had moments. And Bulleen, late, late, late equaliser. And... Uh, they they keep they keep you know right up there with South Melbourne and it's where they need to be for the rest of the season. Yeah, look, it's it's an interesting one. I mean, so Berlin do continue that they, they still haven't been beaten at home this season. Uh, that that late Alana Janczewski goal keeping that record intact. Yeah, look, it was it was it was an interesting game. Uh, it was pretty even on the whole. Both teams had periods where they were better. I I agree that I I prefer the kind of football that South Melbourne try to play. Uh, Boleyn extremely reliant on Paige Zoyce, which, you know, there are worse players to be reliant on than Paige Zoyce. She's, Friend of the show. She, she's consistently pulling through and she's dishing out those balls left and right time and time again for the likes of Beatty Goad and Delaney Anchevsky to run onto, which is a pretty reasonable strategy when you've got those players in your team at your disposal. Uh, but look, South should have won this game because they had the 1-0 lead. And they just lapsed defensively in injury time when everyone, no one was tracking Alani Anchevsky. There was three players in the wall. Everyone else was in the box. And Alani Anchevsky just... I feel like we mentioned this when we called the Nike FC Cup game, Oscar, where we were like, every time Alani Anchevsky gets the ball within a vicinity, you think you could, if you want to, if you're feeling ambitious that day, you could take a strike at goal. Hmm. She should always be marked. 
She should just everything should be warning signs straight away. She's near enough to the box to do something. And they completely fell asleep and just mm. allowed her to drift to the side. And I couldn't believe when I saw the goal. I couldn't believe nobody in the wall at least said, I'm going to abandon the wall because there's low chance they're going to go direct shot on goal here. I'm just going to follow it, Lana and Janczewski. And then they, as soon as she got the ball out, she had metres ahead and she had all the space to just create something for herself. I mean, it was a cracking finish. I suppose, though, that's the, the threat that Berlin have is that Paige Zoyce was standing over the ball and if Alani Janczewski can hit them from anywhere, so can Paige Zoyce, as we know. So they kind of constantly have these threats who you just can never really sleep on because they could hit it at any point from any position and but it could end up in the back of the net. You say that, but I... Watching Paige Joyce play, I, I think that Paige Joyce from that, maybe if she was up, the ball was on the other side, I think she would have gone, she maybe would have gone from for goal. But I just feel like she's less likely to go for a direct shot on goal than Alani Janczewski. From Jan- a free kick from situation. A free kick, yeah. yeah. If Alani Janczewski was standing there, for sure, you stay on the wall. Even if Paige Joyce is out that side, you're a little bit more hesitant. But I think that if Paige Joyce is there, you know that her the thing that she wants to do more is facilitate for her teammates if it's setting the ball up nicely and leaving it up the top for someone to get ahead on or playing it to Janczewski like she did. That's what she wants to do. Yeah, I suppose it's as much as from open play as anything that Paige Joyce is really dangerous because she 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 did throughout this game take a lot of shots from range actually and they were constantly testing Miranda Templeman, friend of the show, yeah. uh, co-host of the show, Miranda yeah, exactly. Templeman. Don't disrespect. Yeah, you're right. The, 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 there, are, there are layers to this. There are yeah. categories. There's a tier list yeah. and co-host of the show, Miranda Templeman, is, is in... Got to get her back on soon, actually. Really should do because, you know, she's she's established her position at, at South Melbourne. South Melbourne who, who played solid across the hole in this game. Uh, there was a period, particularly at the start, when they were struggling to play through Berlin's press, but there were other periods where they looked really, really slick. And the goal that they scored, even though it ended up coming from a Gabby Garten, just not Deflecting quite able to... into the path of yeah, runner, Daniel kind of palming Wise, yeah. it into the box where, where Daniel Wise was there. But the actual build-up move was really nice. And there were uh, lots of those moments throughout the game for South Melbourne. So I, I remain optimistic about what they can do. You kind of see these flashes week in, week out. They just haven't been able to string it all together and consistently execute that game plan. Because if they do, they'll be really dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, th- th- this week, I suppose it is tough when you're playing Berlin, who, who are as good as most teams at, at pressing and disrupting and making it difficult. And also, they really slow the tempo down. Berlin, yeah. They can really just make everything grind to a halt and be very, very difficult. And they excel in those types of game where it's a bit rough and then it's kind of, you've just got to let your players be, you know, stand out. And they've got players who stand out. On average, their team's probably better than most teams they're going to face in the competitions. And player for player, they're probably winning each individual matchup across the field. So if the game slows down, it kind of works in their favour. Mm. But I also just don't think it is beneficial to the their playing at their ultimate and best capacity. Yeah, for sure. I mean, speaking of which, I do want to mention, I, I was thinking watching at Araha Little, who in a team which is stacked with A-League players or four, former A-League players, players yeah. yeah, she's kept her position and she's contributing week in, week out. And there's a reason for that. It's because she, she's been really impressive, I think, this season. Yeah, I was. I think something interesting that we spoke about on this pod, I think, was Lockie was on the show. We were talking about the Alana Murphy and uh, Paige Joyce and talking about the differences in their playing style. And we said that Paige Joyce plays a little bit deeper and Alana Murphy is better at going forward and driving and facilitating and, and creating those kinds of moments. And Paige Joyce is a little bit more defensive a player. I was 
wondering if it would serve Boleyn a little bit better this year to allow Zoist to be more progressive in her play because I think it makes her a better player and I think that it, it le- continues to let her develop but I think she is a real she's a good enough passer that if you give her more opportunities to drive from like from the back whereas sometimes I see her play out and then the next person is the one who really drives um, mm. Boleyn forward. I mean, I guess the the risk with that, but this is a risk either way, is the fact that for me, looking at Boleyn, if I'm matching up against Boleyn, I'm going, if you stop Paige Zoyce, you're kind of stopping all of their ball progression. They, they, they can go down the wings, the likes of Janczewski and Godin and TJ Vlanich. They are capable of doing that, but you're kind of, they're much, it's much harder to score from the wing, obviously, yeah, than, than playing through the middle. Uh, so I, I feel that Paige, they're already very reliant on, on Paige Joyce. So perhaps you're right in that, well, they might as well just go all in on that and say, go on, Paige, do your thing, take us, take us forward with you. And they're kind of doing a version of that already. I do want to go back. I did say that uh, South Melbourne should have won this game, and to an extent that is true. I think with that being said, Berlin probably had more good chances. Uh, there were a couple of headed opportunities in particular. Uh, Tiff Eliadis had one, and uh, I think uh, Alani Anchevsky had another where they either got their head to it or narrowly missed out. There was also in the first half, Tiff Eliadis had this shot, this kind of second ball, where she just hit it first time, and it was so nearly one of the goals of the season because she hit it sweetly and it looked from the angle We're of the camera. We're still waiting here on this pod to get a page so it's long range effort that just grows in the back. Well, this one was Tiff Eliadis with the yeah. shot, right? Yeah, but but it was, yeah, there, there, there were lots of situations where you thought there could be no, but Boleyn, how it's No, but seriously, Boleyn are one of those teams where like some of the efforts they take, they're, they're very ambitious, but they're not far off mm. getting it and... Uh, I don't know if we've seen the goal of the season yet. We've had some really good goals. Well, this weekend we had a lot of contenders for goal of the yeah. season. I mean, we'll talk about those as we get to the other games, but there were there were some crackers going around. I guess just to wrap up on this game. So the, the end result, considering everything else that happened, is that Berlin are still on top of the ladder. Uh, that is having played a game extra than South Melbourne, but they're three points ahead of South. So if South win that game in hand, then they'll both be on 27, but South will be ahead on goal difference. So it doesn't... Tell us much more in terms of who's going to uh, finish on top, who's going to win silverware. Though Those two teams have shown themselves to be pretty evenly matched. Yeah, absolutely. Now, next game, which, sure. Oscar, we, we've got some options. We can go back. Should we go in reverse chronological order? Yes, I was, that's what I was just yeah. about to suggest. Let's so why don't we head to, let's head to Wembley Park, to which Wembley Park. is where I was on, on Sunday. Yes. It was uh, Box Hill taking on Heidelberg. I'll be honest with you. Both teams have played better throughout the season. It was a bit of a slow game. It was, it was just. I think Box Hill when they when Sophia Sakalas and Mindy Barbieri came back. What I really enjoyed about them was they they're insistent on pressing constantly and making it really really difficult. I think in the last like week couple of weeks they've kind of just slowed down a little bit and they're not pressing as hard and they're allowing teams into games that truthfully they shouldn't be, they shouldn't fall behind in. And in the Heidelberg game, the kind of ebbed and flowed into whoever's favour was going. I think Heidelberg started really well and so did Box Hill. And then there was just this lull in the in the first opening half and then lucky for Box Hill, just kind of out of just luck where it, uh, Tian McKenna was coming for, was playing forward and it, the balls just deflected off the referee and, Everybody's kind of almost stopped playing and the referees just continue to play advantage. Because I don't know if it's 
he was supposed to do that, but that's what he did. And it fell to Emily Koss. She was standing in the middle of the park and just played it out. And everybody in Box Hill just kind of kept going the moment it went forward. And Sophia Sakala scored just before half time. And I think that really changed the dynamic of the game. And as I say, came back from half time, Mini Barbieri doubled the lead with from a beautiful pass. What a pass. Like, honestly, one of the best passes this season. Sophia Sakala's. Where she just looped it around at a. Honestly, you couldn't have waited it mm. that much better. And she just continues to show why she's one of the best in the league. But I thought the Box Hill, obviously they won the game. They, they deserve to win the game. But I think I wish they'd go back to that game style where they, they're just playing on the front foot a little bit more and just going to take it all out to each, to each team instead of sitting back and allowing teams to dictate the way the game's going to be played. Well, it really was as much an indication of any of, of how much Sofia Sakalas and Mindy Barbieri have elevated this Box Hill team, how they were the two involved in both goals, really. But for Heidelberg, it's now three straight losses. They haven't scored a goal in any of those three games, those losses coming against Box Hill, Bayside and Berlin. I mean, Bakur, what in your mind's gone wrong for John Clemente's team? I think that losing Danielle Wise obviously is like a really big, it's a massive loss. Mm. And it's only going to get tougher because Steph Kalia went out in the first half with an injury as well. So I don't know what the long-term projections of that, if she's going to come back soon enough because they need her. Uh, I just think that going forward, they're a bit predictable. They want to go out, work out wide, and then they want to build up from the back. And if you're stopping the likes of McKenna in the midfield, they kind of don't have much else going forward they're a little bit slow a little bit predictable and when they're crossing it in there's just kind of like nobody there half the time and then one of the worst teams at defending set pieces also it's just I just don't think they have anything that's extremely special about them and I think that if you can shut them down from playing from the back the the opportunities they have going forward are relatively kind of simple and it's a little bit disappointing for a team that was doing so well last year yeah, well, they've they've fallen down a lot, haven't they? I mean, looking at the, the the ladder as it stands now, down in sixth, are Heidelberg. That win for Box Hill brings them level. But for Box Hill, unfortunately, that goal difference from that Burundara mm, uh, loss has really cost them. Uh, that's true. At the end of this week, but in uh, in terms of points, I mean, we've now got Calder, Heidelberg, and Box Hill all on nineteen, Alamein on eighteen, Preston on seventeen, and those are the teams nearest the top four. So it's really getting clumped just behind Bayside at the moment inside the top four. So, again, we've been saying it for weeks, but ninth up, all of those teams are still a legitimate shout to make finals, which makes this a very exciting competition at this point. Yeah, it really does. And uh, I think, obviously, some of those players from from Box Hill and from Berlin, uh, and we also spoke about South Melbourne, they're, they're also players that are in contention for individual awards uh, this season as well. So there are, there's still a lot to be playing to be played for um, with these teams remaining. But I think an important win for Box Hill to get back on track. It's their first uh, time they've won two games in a row in the last two seasons at Wembley Park. So that's obviously an important stat. That's and an incredible stat. Yeah. They first win. time they've won two consecutive games at Wembley yeah, Park for two seasons. Yeah. Wow. Difficult. Which you wouldn't suspect, but they last season was a bit of a struggle for them when you actually like go back and you think about it. It was, but they've always felt like a bit of a streaky team. So yeah. you felt like they would have won a couple, a couple of games, of games in a row yeah, at no. some point at home, but there you go. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, what's it called? We'll go back. Uh, <laughs> no, I just <laughs> got distracted for sure. <laughs> no, I didn't get distracted, Oscar. I didn't get distracted. I was just thinking that uh, Box Hill and Heidelberg, I feel like we've spoken about Box Hill a lot in the last few weeks and 
I think for Heidelberg, um, I, I, I don't know. I think that when a lot of teams during the season made additions to their squad and got pl- better players in, I think Heidelberg kind of stood pat and unfortunately for them, everybody else has kind of surpassed them. And then now they're having these injuries as well. It's just a little bit, it's difficult for them. And I mm. think their game style is not suited to the way other teams are playing in the competition. So it makes it even more difficult for them, you know, to get into games and to maintain. Obviously, John O'Clemente really wants to play from, out from the back, but it just kind of isn't working. And they don't really have an, another options when they're going forward as well. And if they, if, if Steph Galea is actually injured, that becomes, yeah, it becomes severely problematic. I mean, it's, it's really interesting. Their next three weeks, Heidelberg, they're playing three teams who are directly in contention with them sitting just outside those final spots. In Well, uh, their game against Alamein, sorry, on the weekend is postponed until I think the start of August now. Yeah. So there's a bit of a break there. But then they play Preston and Calder. So they're two teams who are really right there with them. Uh, in, in that race, pressed in a way as well. So that's that's not going to be easy. But no, yeah, it's no, not. it's... Uh, and it's, it's difficult. And then the final, I think the latest game played on Saturday was uh, Bayside taking on FE Emerging, which I don't know if we've got egg on our faces because of the way we've spoken about Bayside yeah. in the last <laughs> few weeks. But, but we also say this about FE Emerging all the time. They are a side that you just kind of don't want to face them sometimes because... They will click one day, and you you will just be on just the randomly. run randomly click, and it will be the most frustrating situation because they have lots of really talented players who just obviously haven't hit their peaks in their career. They're just getting there, but they've got lots and lots of talent. And some days it's just going to click for them. They're going to find all those things. And unfortunately for Bayside, they were on the end of a three-one loss. Well, that is especially true for what you say about Effie Emerging when you've got Alana Cordellino in your team. Because, I mean, I've spoken a lot about Alana Cordellino this season because she's just... She's just so difficult to defend and so difficult to deal with. And she she was at the centre for pretty much everything that FB Emerging did on the weekend. Uh, scored the second goal, got the assist That's a great for the second first goal. goal. And the second goal was, was... Goal of the season contention up there. I mean, the, the only question is, did you, did you really mean... It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter because I remember Francesca Iamano mm. scored this goal. I think it might have been against FB Emerging. And she just kind of hit it. She was like on the far like right-hand side and she just kind of hit it and it went to the back. Mm. And that was up there for me for goal of the season. So I think that one's up there. It's not bad. But she, she's, a, she's a fantastic player. And like you say, when, it, when you know, on a, any given week after emerging, they can just find a, an extra gear, which they did against Bayside on the weekend after we've hyped up Bayside so much for the last month or so. But yeah, there was also a, it was a game full of great goals because Bayside's goal was scored by Miwa Sasaki direct from a free kick. And fan clubs just, here. We're fan oh, we, have, we have many fan clubs no, at Radio seriously. Dub. I just love every, like so many of these, uh, some of the Japanese players that we have in this competition are just so technically gifted and they bring such a level of dynamic play to each of their sides and I'm a big fan of it because I don't want to see every team play the exact same way mm. and they provide options and I'm all about options. The competition is elevated by having these players in the competition. There's no doubt about it. And Miwa Sasaki is a clear example of that, of a player who, who just makes Bayside so much better Absolutely. as a team. She is so important to what they do. As much as this was a, a real setback for Bayside, who, who we were speaking in the weeks leading up to this game about how they were beating the teams above them. And we were going, oh, right, awesome. They, they've got some really tough games. They beat Heidelberg. They beat Burundara. You're going, oh, gee, that's, that's big. They're the teams that they need to be beating. Now, as long as they just take care of FB exactly. Emerging, they'll be fine. And then it all falls apart. And because FB Emerging is such a tricky team. Yeah. They'll, 
they will it, they are a side incredibly talented and obviously learning bits and bits and pieces but some of these players are so bold in the way they'll play at some at times at FE and uh and uh you know that's okay and that's what we like to see but uh where is FE emerging sitting second bottom, second bottom, bottom yeah. of the table with Southern? And uh, and they are still a bit away from, I think it's Preston who are third yeah. bottom. I think they're like six points or something yeah, like that. So there's a gap to close. Much like for Southern, obviously they went into the season thinking something. They would have liked the season to go a different way with the likes of Preston and Borondara coming up with them. But I think at this stage, FE emerging and Southern United, they've got different ambitions for how they would like the season to go. So you know, it's just about getting your players a little bit better and that kind of performance for a fee emerging is a great booster for all those players and their confidence and uh, their national team ambitions. It's a big win because it's FE Emerging's first since the 14th of April wow. when they played Box Hill at Wembley Park. I remember calling that game and, and that game where Box Hill were a very different team then from what they are now in terms of their organisation and everything and, and Alana Cornelino had a field day amongst others. Yeah, uh, yeah so that's a... That's a long time between drinks for FE emerging. It was always going to be tough to live up to the standards that they set last season. Uh, and look, they've probably done about as well as you could reasonably yeah, expect. Yeah, because the squad is, I would say, and I think it would be fair to say, the squad they had last season was probably a lot is a lot stronger. Mm. You know, when you're getting the likes of Sarah Kane, who's the gold medalist yeah. in your team, and you don't have her... Sarah Kane is a huge loss. It's a huge, huge loss. Um, So, you know, their squad is, you know, less experience in Mm. their squad. And I would say that talent-wise, just because of where these players are in their career, is a step back. So for what they've done this season, if you're just picking up a couple of wins, you know, here and there, and you're just continually seeing improvement, that's all you want to see out of these developmental squads. It is the nature of the beast at FB Emerging. But yeah, no, big win for them. Bayside set back. They've got South Melbourne and Berlin the next two weeks. So they've... Got their work cut out for them. Absolutely. Although they are still cushioned in the top four, they've got over, I think, a four-point lead over fifth. So they're they're still I love to see it. they're still there. They're, they're, their destiny is very much still we in their own hands. We need to get someone from Bayside. We need to speak someone from. Bayside. I think so too. There there are several good options. Yeah, we so do. We'll, 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 we'll discuss. We'll, we'll get someone. We'll get someone. Uh, and then we'll he- head to your game, Oscar. Let's thrilling game. Alamein three, Burundara three, and Bull- Burundara coming back from three 0 down. How does that happen? See. Heading, driving to this game, Pakua, uh, and you looked <laughs> at the radar and you saw that there was this skinny strip of wet weather that was rushing across Melbourne. And so you knew that there was going to be some rain, uh, but why was there rain for the first 10 minutes? You had a, With no cover down at oh, Dorothy there's Label. No, there's no cover at Dorothy Label <laughs> West. No, nothing like that. You kind of, you know, and just as, as we were kicking off, it just started absolutely pelting down. We're all kind of barely surviving and Burundara did not adapt at all because they were they were they couldn't get their feet on the ball at all they couldn't string two passes together they were clearly they clearly hadn't adapted to the conditions and Alamein took full advantage in particular Sydney Allen who scored twice in the first 10 minutes uh, to, to put Alamein in the ascendancy they were they were looking pretty comfortable Burundara was slowly working the way back in but then uh, Rebecca Sabre scored in a, in a transition moment to make it 3-0 and you're going Gee, is that is that it after just half an hour played? Could that have, have Alamein landed their punches that, that will get them the win? And I should add context to this, which is to say that Alamein, their, their run of their winless run in the league is up to I think it's seven games now, which is their longest winless run in about four seasons in MPLW. Which I mean, you know, we can bring the stats to uh, both of us can, but yeah, it was uh, it was. 
You, you oh, really you're trying to compete with me. I'm stats. trying to compete with you, Vicka. I'm trying. My to, stat was pretty good, though. Your, your huh? stat was good, so I'm yeah. trying to match it. Of course. Uh, so Alamein, they, they they were they were in the box seat, I guess. But what everyone knew watching though is if any team's going to come back from three 0 down, it's going to be Burundara. It's so weird because I missed the first half of this game, and then you you sent me a text, and I was like, let me just let me flick this game on. And the second half, <laughs> Oscar, this game is so indicative of Burundara as a team for me defensively at times they can be a little bit loose and you can get an opportunity to score. And Alamein, lucky for them, they did capitalise on three big opportunities. But Burundara going forward are also a terrifying team going forward. And if you just allow, if they get one back, you just kind of feel like the momentum just builds up with them. And I thought when it got to like the 90th minute, I was like, oh, I think Alamein might just might hold on. And then Burundara got that last goal and it was, it was, it was you know... I think they were still going for that fourth as well. Well, they were. I mean, so it's worth remembering with the, with the, the whole comeback started from this nothing Ridiculous attempt from Hayley Gertz from around the halfway mark. She just, yeah, whatever, have a ping. And maybe it somehow went maybe in. Maybe she was on the phone to Alani Anceski. So. I don't know. She must yeah. have been. There was something There was something in the water in MPLW this week because the Alana Cordelina goal, the Miwa Sasaki goal, the, the Alani Anceski goal, there were all these incredible strikes. And that's what got them back in it. Korea Aquino, who we've, we, we won't talk about her too long because we talk about her every week because she's so good. But what she does outside of scoring goals is also she's massive. She's a really good facilitator. And she's getting everywhere. Her, getting her teammates involved is something I was really impressed with. I think we did the... What game was it? The Burundara FE Emergent yeah. game? That's the thing I noticed the most about her, not you know her score, goal-scoring threat, but just her ability to hold the ball up and yeah. actually allow her teammates to play off her. I think it's such an important and impressive skill that she's got. And I think it's a big reason of why Burundara are doing so well this season. And the dropping deep, that was probably even more prominent against Alamein than it has been just about at any other point this season. She was everywhere and she scored. Uh, but even then, you know, Alamein, credit to them. When it was 3-2, you thought, oh, Burundara are coming. They've got over half an hour. They're going to win this 5-3. Lock it they in. Held it. They held that, on for they, ages. They did really well to regain some control for the final half an hour. Uh, and it was unfortunate for them in the end that it was a substitution. Marwasu Mayoro, who came on, scored the goal with just a few minutes remaining, could have scored a goal in injury time that would have won it for them. She had a really good opportunity, which they missed. Uh, but nonetheless, 3-3 the end result. So it was a, it was a breathless game. Uh Burundara, I think it's worth noting, did that with a couple of really key injuries that happened around the halfway mark. So Ellen Turner just before half time had to be brought off. Becky Lim at half time was substituted, so they did that comeback without two of their key creative yeah, Becky forces. Becky Lim has been, I think, is she highest in assists at the moment. In she, the Becky, yeah. Becky Lim is leading the competition in assists this season, so to come back. Can we say she's a friend of the pod without being on the pod? Yes, she, she is, she's a friend of the pod. Well, and she's she friend will, of yours. She will, yeah, and she will soon be on the pod. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so it was, um, yeah, so, the, so, so to come back in that situation was really impressive. And yeah, it was it was, it was was really a lot of what's really good about Burundara this season. Disappointment for Alamein as much as they might have taken a point if you offered it to them before the game. They were also 3-0 up, so that will feel, it'll be a tough pill I to think swallow. I'm nervous for Alamein, obviously this season's not over, but I'm nervous for them heading into next season because... If they aren't able to improve on the back half of this season, I think a lot of those players may decide to, the, uh, you know, look elsewhere for their NPL opportunities because they've got some really talented players that I think could make a lot of the other team squads as well. It's like they're a victim of their own consistency yeah. for the last few years because the other teams that are coming up around them, the likes of Box Hill and Preston, let's say, 
it feels like there's more upside to them. Yeah, there's definitely. more of like, oh, I don't know where this team could go than there is with Alamein, where you feel like they've got. A I kind of know who ceiling. they are, and yeah. I just don't. I don't think they've got enough um, X factor hmm. to get them to that top four race, and even if they were to get there, to be to actually win. So, would your kind of would you rather just kind of bottom out and start again, or you? You know, you you have to add pieces, and I just don't know if you're a player who's got an option to go to play for some other teams. Mm. Is Alamein the team that you really want to go and pick play for? Well, in a week that all the top four drop points, it means that Burundara remain just a point behind Berlin at the yep. top, two points ahead of South Melbourne again. South with that game in hand, so the top of the table race is going to go down to the wire with Bayside just a little bit behind them. And then we've just got the one more game for the weekend to cover back to Friday night at BT Connor Reserve. Preston Southern United flagged it as a bit of a banana peel, perhaps. Well, you said that. I definitely I did. didn't. You're right. I, I did. I won't, I won't drag you in with me, but, but they dealt with it well, Preston. Uh, and in particular, I mean, why not finish off with just a Miri Nishimura? She's just that good. Wonder goal. She's just that good. And uh, I, I think it was much needed for Preston because the week before they lost to Calder in the tough, that 2-1 mm. loss. But I think they needed that. And I, I think that... It was relatively comfortable for them in the end. I don't think Southern offered them too many, uh, you know, hazards along the way. But uh, you know, if I'm happy for Preston to get those three points and keep their keep in touch with the rest of uh, the teams in terms of finals hopes. Well, if we want to talk about breaking winless runs, that was Preston's first league win since the 15th of April. So that that's like the same amount of time since Effie and Merging have yep. gone. So both of those teams have broken their winless runs in the Just same week. lucky for Preston along the way. They were picking up some some points with draws yes, here and there. So that's true. That's what it's allowed them to keep in touch mm. with everybody else. And also their really good start. So yeah, 10 weeks later, both of those teams are back winning again. Uh, so, you know, I don't feel like I was entirely out of place to, to tip that this was a tight one for Southern. But nonetheless, Preston got it done. Miri Nishimura is a freak. Yeah. Uh, just an incredible player. She also got the assist for the second goal because, of course, she did. And uh, she is keeping Preston in this finals race where, where they are still. They needed this win and they got it. So that takes them to 17 points, which, again, is just six points behind Bayside, who are in fourth. Plus, Preston have a game in hand. So Yeah, absolutely. Why don't we veer to Nike FC Cup territory? Yes. Because uh, we're going to get a, yeah, we're going to get a replay of one of these round fifteen matchups, which is going to be Bulleen taking on South Melbourne. Is it going to be at Lakeside or the Ven? I can't I mean, I'll have to jump in there, procure and say that that's not well, quite what, what's happening. You know what's happened? So, um, no, 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 I, no, no. My brain is my brain thought about this week. It's been a long week. It's been a long week. <laughs> no, I did know this. I apologise. <laughs> it was Calder taking on South Melbourne and Casey, the proud of the pride of the southeast, yes. uh, southeast football. Casey comments are taking on FC Bulleen Lions. I do apologise. That's my bad. But those are the ties. And Casey against Boleyn yeah. has its own narrative. You mentioned the the underdog Casey. No, no, it's the pride of the South. We're not the, underdog story. We're the pr- pride of the Southeast. Be serious. I don't know why you can't be both of those things, but okay, sure. The pride of the Southeast, Casey Comets, That's right. taking on FC Boleyn Lions in a David versus Goliath kind of matchup. Quite, quite seriously, it'll be it'll be tough. No, it will be tough. It'll but be tough. It'll be tough, and uh, I think that. The colder South Melbourne, I think we're going to learn a lot about those two teams. Is the magic of the cup so serious the colder are going to, you know, yeah. go against the odds, which I think South Melbourne walk into their game's favourites just with their league form. And uh, can we get a fantastic story of 
my KC Comets beating that all-powerful FC Bullen Lions team. I mean, that, that would be that would be a huge story. I suppose the fact that the colder South game is that Keylor does, of course, play in their favour. Uh, but no, I agree that the, the most likely outcome from this in theory, would be a oh, Berlin South. I was looking a week. I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking grand final. That's what's happening. Yeah, I've just but, played the games. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but uh, South going to Kilo. That's going to be really tough in the cup, where that that is cold as home. Both literally, they're playing at home, and also they it, it is their competition yeah. home, the Nike FC Cup. So that'll be. That'll be good. It will be really I'm looking good. forward to those. No, I'm looking forward to it also. They both also. have very exciting ties. Hopefully we get to call one of those games. Hopefully. Mm. And then other than that, we've got uh, another week of MPLW action coming up. Yeah. Bayside against South Melbourne's probably the game that stands out immediately, that one at Kingston Heath. Interesting. Uh, you say that. And I'm actually very excited for Preston Borondara. It's also very exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued about how that game will go because... Mm. I think it would be a good test for Preston to see if they're really back on track or in Burundara as well. Because I think Preston, are, they've become a better defensive team. They just have some lapses throughout, but it would be interesting to see if Burundara can break them down. Yeah, I agree. It'll be it'll be a, a, a kind of a great test for both teams. For yeah. Burundara, do they still have that level? They're going to beat Hikonor. It's one of the toughest places to go. And Preston, do they have that extra gear that they can go to? But the great news is for any viewers of MPLW is that on both Friday and Saturday, it's set up for a double header either way. Double header, Preston Burundara, uh, followed by FE Emerging Box Hill United on Friday, and then on the Saturday you can go straight from Bayside South Melbourne into Southern United, Colder United. It's just absolutely. What, what else? What else would you do with your weekend? You're not calling a game on the weekend no. because you're heading to Byron Bay. <laughs> <laughs> I am calling. I don't know if anyone needs to know that, ah, but okay. Sorry, sure. if you want to follow Oscar to Byron Bay, please do. Uh, no, I'm calling Southern United taking on Calder on Saturday at 5.45. So that should be a really, really interesting game. Yeah, I look forward to it. Big test for Southern. Big, big test for well, Southern. I mean, Calder. Whereas for Calder, I mean, are they are they back? Are they the exactly. real deal? Exactly. Are they here? They could be. Does it, Either way, we will find out. Uh, I have been Pekul Frembong. You have been, what's your name? Oscar Rutherford. It's always good to see you, Mr. Rutherford. Uh, and uh, bye for now. Pickett, she lays it off to Reza Polaris. It's an absolute game.